Hi, everybody. I'm Steve Goldstein, and thank you so much for taking the time here on the Goldie on Ice podcast. We are presented by SIDES, which is a foundation helping children and family in the battle against pediatric cancer. You know, I know David Lister personally. He puts in so much of his time, energy, and effort to help so many that need it. SIDES helps to fund and fight children's cancer. You can find Dave Lister on how you can contribute and help out and donate on Facebook and on LinkedIn. And brought to you by Ken Marr. His bottom line is Ken, a personal friend of mine, been with the podcast since the beginning. He's just one of the best people I know. That's the bottom line. He's now a senior vice president at JLL, a Fortune 500 company. Ken specializes in industrial properties. Four decades in the business, so we appreciate his support here on the Goldie on Ice podcast. Let's get right to this episode. So what has happened in the hockey world? Anybody? Anything interesting? Wow. Well, we had a blockbuster trade, the likes that many people have not seen in their lifetime. The last time players off 100-point seasons were traded for one another in the offseason, you got to go back to the Wayne Gretzky deal. So we're going back decades. Huberto plus more for Kachuk. Remarkable deal. I know it shocked a lot of Panther fans. We're going to get into all of it. Uh, Let me start by saying Matthew Kachuk is a rare player. You have him. You have his brother. You have Brad Marchand, to a lesser extent, Tom Wilson, who doesn't produce as much as the other guys. Um, you know, there's a few others in the league, maybe. There are not many guys that have the offensive ability. There are not many guys that have that kind of tenacity along with the big-time offensive ability. It just doesn't exist. You know, most of your high-end offensive players are not mean nasty, agitating, irritating players on the ice. And that's what makes these guys so valuable. The fact that one of them has become available at age 24 off a 42-goal, 104-point season where he was a plus 57 and also put up a point a game in the playoffs, uh, it's really unheard of. And the fact the Panthers did whatever they had to do and gave up a lot because they did give up a lot to jump on it, uh, knowing that they could get the deal done and get him signed for eight years up until he's in his early 30s, which is really the the prime years you want, uh, is a pretty remarkable thing. So, you know, I look at this trade, and I know it pains a lot of people. And, hey, look, I love Jonathan Huberdeau as much as anybody else and Mackenzie Weger also. Um, but those guys had one year left on their contracts. And if the Panthers went all in on, first of all, I'm not sure they could have even afforded both of them, depending upon what they want. But even if they did that, you know, you're locked into this group, which wouldn't be a bad thing. This group has been very good the last two years and did win a playoff series this year. But is it a group that you think moving moving forward can win Stanley Cups? And by the group, talking about the team that's currently signed for another year or two. They haven't the last two years. Uh, and I'm not sure if that group is currently constituted would ever be able to get it done. Um, I do think the way they played in the playoffs as a team, and maybe in particular those two guys who would admit it before anybody else, they didn't play their best. I mean, Uyghur and Huberto did not have good playoffs all 10 games against Washington and Tampa collectively. Um, you know, only the Panthers as a team and a staff know how much that played into it. The fact that Neither guy played very well in the playoffs. I mean, you got to call it what it is. I mean, Huberto had one of the great regular seasons you'll ever see, but in the playoffs could not do it again. So 
I think all of those things, contracts, the ability to get a player like Kachuk, and think about this, they gave up a lot, of course. You know, that's how great, honestly, I'll use the word great, Matthew Kachuk as an overall player is, that you had to go and do that. And the Panthers, whose hockey staff, I think, does a very good job in knowing market value, obviously didn't give away assets they didn't think they had to. They probably thought this was what was necessary to get the deal done because there were other teams involved and other teams that were going to give up a lot also. Now, the draft pick, I know a lot of people are talking about this. Look, it's in 2025, and if the Panthers don't make the playoffs that year and it's a lottery pick, they keep the pick. So it might be a pick if they don't make the playoffs four years from now. A guy, And even if it's the one in 2025, if they're a good team, okay, they're going to be picking in the 20s. That guy, if he ever plays for your team, may show up and have an impact when Matthew Kachuk's contract is over. I'm not worried about the draft picks. I've been an observer of this team long enough to know that for a good 20 years, they kept all their draft picks and compiled draft picks and had multiple first-round draft picks. And really, what did it get them? Only until they started wheeling and dealing the way they had the last couple of years has it produced a President's Trophy and finally a playoff series win. Sure, you wouldn't like to go three or four years in a row without a first-round pick. And by the way, that doesn't mean they can't down the road make a trade and do something and get back into the first round. It's possible. You never know. Um, But I look at this team and, you know, you you, you traded all those picks in order to get, you know, guys like Montour and Bennett and Reinhardt and now Kachuk. Um, Personally, I don't have a big problem with it. And going for it last year, you could make the case, hey, look, Giroux and Sherrod didn't work out because the team didn't win. I don't think it was those guys' individual faults, and they gave up a lot to get them, but when was the last time the Florida Panthers had a 120-point season and were trying to win a cup? So I'd rather a team go for it uh, and then worry about down the road, down the road. Um, this trade, This trade makes them not worry as much about down the road, down the road, because you have Bennett, Verhage, Barkov, and now Kachuk all locked up. All legitimate, um, you know, top six guys. Uh, if Anton Lundell gets good enough and he jumps in there, you've got some control and some cost control with him, which is a great thing either way. He's a top six, seven player. Uh, you still have Duclair for one year after this year. Um, so... I look at it and, you know, I don't want to say it's a no-brainer because you gave up a lot. But I'm just telling you, to get a guy that plays the way he plays, and again, there's very few of them that have his size, tenacity, and ability, and get him at that age and get him signed at that age for what I'm going to tell you two or three years from now is going to seem cheap. I know it's amazing the $9.5 million you're going to say cheap. It's going to seem cheap in a few years when the cap goes back over $90 million and Matthew Kachuk is a demon on the ice and he's giving you 30 goals and I think a point a game, maybe more. Maybe he is a 100-point guy. I don't know. He did it this year. But I think he's a point-a-game guy for sure. When he's doing that, you're going to see other guys when they're free agents getting 11 and $12 million. That's what I think about the contract. So... You know, look, as much as anybody, it's tough to see Jonathan Huberto go. I mean, he was here 10 years. You know, I had a lot of fun with him, as you all know, on the air. A little hooby-dooby-doo thing and just getting to know him and then 
seeing the team have the success around him, uh, I, I really think it was it, it was fun to watch. But again, you know, you've got some other players on this roster that are very talented, but do not bring the tenacity, the meanness, the nastiness that Matthew Kachuk brings. And the Panthers have never had a guy in the, in his prime that plays that way. That is why over the years, and the list goes on and on, they have to go out and get guys like the Willie Mitchells and the Patrick Hornquists and the Ratko Gudis, and the list goes on and on of all the players they've tried this with. And usually those players that are talented and bring that element, you get them like the guys that I just mentioned, and there's been others as well, you get them later in their career when they're either on the downside or past their prime. That's what happens. Um, you know, they had one, I thought, Ned Jovanovsky. They made the trade to get Pavel Bury. It's a decision that they made. I thought they had a guy, while he's not a top pair guy, but they did have a guy, as we all know, like Eric Goodbranson. Now, they made a good trade. I mean, Jared McCann, if you go back to that trade, Jared McCann is an excellent hockey player, and he's a 20-25 goal guy. Um, but they didn't replace what Eric Goodbranson brought to the table. So... In order to build up that kind of tenacity, and Goody could play, we know that. I mean, great, no, you know, probably a 5-6 defenseman, but he did bring that element. Um, I just think getting a guy that could play that style and have that, that's a top, top player in his prime, it's just extremely rare. And this franchise has never had it. Even the players they have had have either been not quite top-level guys or on the back ends of their careers, which is why they're available. And this is not to diminish, guys. I mean, what Patrick Hornquist has done with this team has been amazing. He is, he is, I mean, as much as, you know, the talented guys responsible for this team playing that hard-nosed style and getting to where it's gotten. But guess what? Patrick Hornquist can't do it forever. And his contract is up after this year. And even if he stays at a lesser price, if he wants to stick around and they want him to stick around. When Hornquist and Gudis, who contract is up also after this year, when they're gone or they're diminished if you will, in the lineup. Now you have a guy that can do this. And by the way, Sam Bennett's the same type of player, so they brought him in. Uh, I, I just look at it as, you know, it, it's just too juicy to pass up. And they obviously had to give up in their mind, you know, a great package in order to get them because other teams were involved. Um. So it's a shocking trade. These trades do not happen. This is like a fantasy league trade. I think it's great, to be honest with you, that really both of these teams, but more so the Panthers, because Calgary had to do something. That the Panthers are this bold, and they go out and make these moves, and they trade for these guys, and aren't afraid to shuffle the deck, I, I, I think is, is really interesting and really exciting. I do. Um... Obviously, the proof will be in the, in the Stanley Cup. It's no more about wins and losses. This is a playoff team. This is one of the best teams in the league. It has been for two years. Even the year before when COVID hit, they were three points out of a playoff spot. They were right there. Um, and, you know, they're managing their money and their salary cap and all that the best to their ability. And, you know, they obviously felt they had to give up a prospect, the first-round pick, and... You know, two players that are really good players in the league right now and one that's a total impact guy, Jonathan Huberto, fifth in the MVP voting. Uh, you do wonder how much the playoffs had to factor in. It's no secret. Call it what it is. We have 
I mean, inexplicably, Jonathan and Mac Weger, you know, did not play the way they played in the regular season in the playoffs. Now, I don't know why. Um, it's a mystery to me. I thought Huberto was great two years ago against Tampa in the loss and really didn't play his best. And, you know, with, with, with the tenacity and the grind and all that, that was needed. So the Panthers clearly are a team in adjustment right now. I think they know they're a playoff team. They're a solid team. Now they need to make the adjustments to be able to win in the playoffs. And I think that's why you're seeing um, an experienced coach like Paul Maurice. I do believe that. Um, I think that's why you're seeing guys like Nick Cousins, guys in their mid-20s, like um, that most people don't, Rudolph's bolsters. This, guy, this guy's a smart hockey player. Excellent defensive player. And by the way, Kachuk is excellent defensive as well. I mean, if he wanted to, at some point, sacrifice some offense, he could be a top three or five Selkie guy as well. Um, I mean, he's the whole, he, he could do it all. You know, I think that's why they're doing some of these things, that they're kind of, you know, altering things a little bit from the high-end run and gun, which they'll still do, but at the same time, maybe a little bit less gambling for offense and maybe taking the regular season as these learning curves go with these teams early on when you're a great offensive team and then it doesn't translate to the playoffs, then you start to play not more defensive. I don't want to say that. You start to play smarter. Now, the big question for this year is the defense. Without Uyghur, I mean, there's no money available. I don't know if they could do anything else. Maybe they could pull something off. I mean, look, last year when they got Sam Reinhardt, no one thought that was possible. So who knows what Bill Zito has in mind. Um, you know, they're going to really have to piece it together because you have Forsling with Ekblad now. You've probably got Montour and Gudis. Um, and then you've got Mark Stahl. And then you've got, you know, a rotation. You, you, you know, Matt Kierstad, I know, is a guy that they like. Is he ready to step up and at least play some games? They signed Michael Delzato. They signed Anthony Batetto. They kept Lucas Carlson. Can they piece it together until maybe during the season, maybe at the trade deadline, then you're able to go and make a deal for a defenseman. Um, I'm not sure if that's possible or not. Uh, and by the way, I should mention the Eric Stahl factor as well. I assume it's the fact that, number one, they don't have money to give him a contract now, and or they and the player want to see what he can do physically in training camp. But if he makes the team and is signed, there's another guy. You know, responsible player, been around for a long time. Um, I just think it's a team adjusting and kind of graduating, if you will, from trying to make the playoffs to knowing they're a playoff team. Now, how do you win in the playoffs? So there's a lot more I could say about the trade. Um, I think it goes without saying both of these guys, the Panthers traded, great guys. I think that's why everybody's kind of, you know, a lot of fans are shocked. Everybody loves these players. They're good personalities, but it's a business. And... To get a guy in his prime that the Panthers got their hands on, it is uh, it is rare to do, and obviously it's an opportunity they didn't think they could pass up. And um, the fact that Weger and Huberto are on the last year of their contracts, I think, um, pushes it over the edge. If those guys had three years left at their money, maybe they don't do the deal. I don't know. Um, so one of the more intriguing times, uh, I think it's great for the league. Panthers aside, that you see trades like this. These are fun. This is more like. Uh, NBA sign and trade, which by the way, they had to do. That's why the Panthers got Kachuk for eight years because the Flames officially signed him and then traded him. And he wants to be here. He's going to love life in Florida. He wants to play for the Panthers. And that is as big as anything. 
the Florida Panthers now are a team, number one, that will pay huge money to get players, and number two, you got guys that are going out of their way to want to be here. And as we know, that wasn't always the case. Thanks for listening. Subscribe, spread the word, leave reviews, please. Uh, Tell your friends, and we'll talk to you next time. Please take a moment to listen to a message from our sponsors. Without them, the podcast would not be possible. And thanks, as always, to our producer, Brett Markowitz. Does a great job. See ya. Time to take a moment out to tell you about something very important, the fight against pediatric cancer. And we're doing that through SIDES, the SIDES Foundation. Sydney Lister, at age 15, battled Ewing sarcoma, and she beat it, and she's doing great today. Out of that struggle came SIDES, a foundation formed to fight pediatric cancer, to help fund children's cancer research and help South Florida families with kids fighting the disease. Dave Lister is Sid's dad. He's in charge of SIDES and does so much for those families. So I encourage you to help out. Check out SIDES on Facebook, their Facebook page, S-I-D-E-S. Everything is on there. Or you can also call this important number, 954-594-5763. That's 954-594-5763. Help us, help Dave Lister, and help everybody fight pediatric cancer and help out families that need it through the SIDES Foundation. Well, I want to tell you about Ken Morris because he's been 33-plus years in the business, a stand-up guy, and recently joined JLL as a senior vice president. Now, JLL is number 185 in the Fortune 500 list, and Ken specializes in industrial properties, warehouse and manufacturer. He handles complex transactions. And the bottom line is, and I know this about him, you're the most important asset. You know, he takes care of his clients. That's what really drives him and keeps him in the business. And he absolutely loves it. He works with Fortune 500 companies and startup companies as well. So any needs that you possibly have, I could tell you this, Ken Morris is the guy. And he's been nice enough to support this podcast right from the beginning. So he's also got a pretty keen eye. Give him a call, 954-240-4400. That's 954-240-4400. 4400 for Ken Morris.